Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. It is Two Tell Nuanas broadcasting to you live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Coulter Nuanas in studio, rolling solo today. Ryan Two Tell enjoyed himself a day on the lake, although I talked to him earlier. Sounds like it's cloudy and overcast up in Polson, just like it is here in Missoula. It's a little bit muggy outside, a little bit interesting weather. It's supposed to be 95 degrees today. That's what the Jack Weatherman told me, at least. And instead, it's 80 and muggy and humid. Maybe, maybe some rain on the horizon. Don't really know, but uh, we're still waiting for those dog days of summer, and they just seem like they're not coming. It'll be interesting to see how this affects college football as we get down into fall camp because that's right on the horizon. We're approaching about one month until kickoff for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, and we'll talk a lot about that in today's show. But these cooler temperatures actually could be good for the boys that will be engaging in fall camp here pretty soon. We'll see. Haven't had the hot temperatures like we are used to, but I hope Ryan is enjoying his time at the lake. He will be back in the saddle tomorrow. It's that time of year, man. I recruited pretty hard today. I recruited all our favorite friends here at Tutel Nuanas and uh, had a little bit of a problem finding some people. But today's show will be good nonetheless. Do have some good guests joining us. Anthony Knockrider from up there, KGEZ in Kalispell. Ryan's in the Flathead, so I went to the Flathead to recruit. Anthony will come on and join us. We'll talk some Shrine game. He was at the East West Shrine game in Butte over the weekend. And uh, he also has uh, some other things to talk about, including a list that he released a couple weeks ago, his top 10 players in Class AA football, which I think is pertinent to you here in Missoula. That'll be part of the Montana Football Hour. The Montana Football Hour will also include the latest accolade for Dante Olson, and this one is a big one. He is on not only the Buck Buchanan list, as expected, he is also on the 35th annual Buckus Award list. He's the only FCS player, only the second ever to be on that list from the University of Montana. 
In the Montana Football Hour, we will also hear from Jeff Choate as well. Our interview from the Big Sky kickoff in Spokane a couple, I guess, a week and a half ago. Uh, we shared with you both our Grizz interviews, but one with Dalton Sneed and Dante Olson, the other one with Bobby Houck. This week, we'll share the Bobcat side of things as we get ready for college football. Coach Choate, uh, articulate and interesting, as always, and his team has some big-time expectations. Also, a couple things to talk about when it comes to numbers. Montana has their hallowed number 37, a number that's passed down from Montanan to Montanan, a number that has a ton of tradition in it that has been worn by some of the all-time greatest Grizz. Last week, Hero Sports, they've been doing a countdown of the best player to wear each number, number 99 through number one in the FCS, and they named Bryce Sturk their top number 37. He is a defensive end for the Bobcats. Controversy <laughs> when, you get, when you talk about the rival of the team who has number 37 as their prestigious number. And then on top of that, Montana State now enacting a new tradition, number 41, which will be passed down uh, in remembrance, partially at least, of Montana being the 41st state in the union. Uh, The last nine years, a Montana native has worn number 41, including Brad Daly and Grant Collins. Now this year, the number bestowed upon safety, Braden Conkle. So we'll talk a little bit about that tradition as well after we hear from Coach Choate. And then to wrap up the Montana Football Hour, the in-state recruiting battle rages on. Tommy Malott from Butte, Montana. He is committed to the Bobcats, and that's a little bit of a, uh, I shouldn't say surprise, but he was a guy that was kind of 50-50, getting recruited really hard uh, from both ends of the spectrum. Both the Cats and the Grizz wanted the Butte high quarterback, and his commitment to the Cats uh, that's definitely a, a pendulum swing when you talk about the in-state recruiting battle. So we're talking about that to wrap up the Montana Football Hour. And then the second hour, we're going to hear from Jason Alvin. He's the new voice of the Bobcats. He's down in L.A. But we're not going to talk just Cats. We're going to talk mostly just about the Big Sky Conference in general. He was at the Big Sky kickoff last week as well. And I just want to get his perspective because he's been a sidelines guy down there uh, at Montana State the last couple of years and now he's in the chair uh, as the voice of the Bobcats and I know he learned a lot during his time uh, in Spokane at the Big Sky kickoff so I just want to get some of his impressions for what he thinks of the league and then we'll have a little bit of news as well I, as you guys know I'm the I'm on the board of directors for the Montana Football Hall of Fame and during the Shrine game over the weekend we announced all our inductees for this upcoming class and it's a star-studded list so excited to share that stuff with you guys. And we'll also talk a little bit Missoula Bruins hockey. And we'll talk a little bit of Missoula Osprey baseball as well. The first half all of a sudden wrapping up pretty quick here for the Missoula Osprey. And they're hosting the Idaho Falls Chuckers basically with the first half title on the line. So uh, a big homestand here in Missoula for the Missoula Osprey. That's our show outlook. Today, we'll just say it's brought to us by Skyline Sports because, you know, I'm the one running the show. SkylineSportsMT.com every day, every season. Go check it out for your big and best coverage in the Big Sky Conference. And like I said, I forgot the, the, the very intro part of this whole thing. We're broadcasting live to you from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. I told you that, but I got to remind you that July is Kurtz Polaris' 30th birthday. You got about eight or nine days left here in July to go celebrate that 30th birthday with Kurtz Polaris. They're celebrating this month by offering 30% off. That's right, really, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna, or Beta dirt bikes, and any pontoon boat. Some restrictions may apply. See Kurtz Polaris for details. 
get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month long for that 30th anniversary sale. If you want to find us online, 1029ESPN.com, that's where you'll find the stream. The stream's presented by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give me a call, if you want to get in on this, 329-1899, all guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV Hotline, and that's where we go right now to the Rangich Brothers RV Hotline. And welcome in our good buddy, friend of the show, and a great broadcaster himself, Anthony Knockrider from up there in Kalispell, KGEZ. He's the host of the Knock On Sports. Anthony, how you doing today, buddy? I'm great, Coulter. I, I will say this, man. Uh, I can pretty much jump out of a uh, hot pot right now because I look like a lobster. I got sunburned this past weekend. Oh, buddy, I got a bad one a couple weekends ago, too. See, that's what happens when you don't have the, the typical Montana summer. We haven't even got to see, really, the sun and have the hot weather here in a little while. I don't know about you, man, but I was over in Duke this past weekend. I got there on Wednesday, and uh, the sun didn't stop beating down on me because I was playing golf on Thursday. Friday I was at media days, and then Saturday was the game out in the parade. So right now, I'm, I'll tell you what, lobster with me. I don't know if you can tell the difference. <laughs> well, get yourself some aloe vera, my friend. It'll be all good. <laughs> you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned going to the mining city, spending some time in Butte. So you were there Wednesday through Saturday. So uh, is that the, the longest amount of time you've spent in Butte? Yeah, I would say so because most of the time I don't get to stay anywhere because, like, uh, usually if I'm in Butte, it's for a football game or a basketball game, and I'm there for a couple hours on a couple days. So it was I, technically I wasn't in Butte. I was staying. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork. Some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbow's End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services. Anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com with some friends at the Fairmont Hot Springs, okay. which was a lot of fun. Um, you know, to, funny story. So I've never had hot springs. Usually in Florida, the heat's good enough for us. Jumping in a hot tub doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going around the Fairmont, and I'm looking for a room with a bunch of rocks and hot water. And then I ask somebody, I'm like, hey, I'm looking for the hot springs. And they just point to a pool. And I'm just like, oh. Well, I was looking for rocks. I mean, I had a wrong idea about hot springs. (laughs) Well, the the Fairmont is a great destination. It's a fun place for sure. But do yourself a favor. Go find yourself a little natural hot springs that's not necessarily the pool kind, the ones that are just kind of on the side of the river. There's some pretty epic ones. That is a great Montana experience. Did you get to check out Butte in any any other way, or were you just kicking it over there in Fairmont? Uh, I got to check out uh, Metals Bank and nice. the sports restaurant there, which was pretty cool. That's a pretty big door. Not going <laughs> to lie. Indeed. So I uh, got to experience that. You know, I got to hang out a little bit at, at Tex Field. Um, got to go play golf over at the Butte Country Club. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, those greens are, are 
uh, <laughs> they took advantage of me, and they were not merciful at all. So, uh, but it was really fun to play that course and kind of play a different course than the ones I'm up, the ones up here. So, kind of cool to get that experience and be in Butte. Because um, I mean, that's the great thing about you know the East West Shrine game this year is that game being so close. Because uh, it's really the only Western city now. I know Montana's big and it's not split that way, but um, you know when it's in Great Falls or it's in Laurel, uh, which it will be next year around Billings, uh, it's tough to get over there and catch these all-star games, which is really, really fun. So that whole experience was really cool. I really wasn't sure what to expect, but Saturday going to the parade, hanging out in downtown Butte was fun, seeing all the people, seeing all the kids on the, on the wagons and everything, that was a lot of fun. And the game itself, I mean, that atmosphere was awesome. I mean, uh, I've gone to a couple all-star games in Florida, and the atmospheres don't even match that with what I saw at the East-West Shrine game uh, Saturday night. I mean, that place was packed. You got tailgating all over the place. I mean, it was awesome. Butte Montana does it best. Butte America does it best in a lot of different ways. If you are a sports fan and you're ever traveling on I-90, go see, go check into Metals Bank. Ray Eulin and the boys, they do it really well there. It's a great little sports bar. But also, you just go check out that coach's corner. They have all the coaches that have Butte roots that have risen to the highest of heights. Guys like Sam Jankovic, who went on to be the athletic director at the University of Miami, uh, all the way down through guys like Paul Claybo and, and Ron Lebsock and you know a, a bunch of guys with the last name Hauk. And then, of course, guys like Jim Sweeney and Sonny Holland and Sonny Lubick and some of the great guys that trace their roots back to Butte. It's a really cool piece of history and a really great place. And Butte itself is just so rich with history as well. But, Anthony, the 73rd annual East-West Shrine game, and I'm glad to hear there's a good turnout because this East-West Shrine game has been touted as one of, if not the most lucrative fundraising events for the Shriners Hospital in all the country. It's one of the top all-star football games in the country in terms of the funds that they raise for the Shriners Children's Hospital in Spokane. I think that's really cool. And it's always one of the great events of the summer, kind of the peak of summer that then gets us kicked off into really uh, thinking that football is upon us. The the East posted a 28-22 win uh, in the game. So you were there. Break it it down for us. I know a bunch of the Fairfield kids – uh, including Derek Simons and, and Ryder Meyer had great days. What, what, how did the game go? It seemed like it was a pretty back and forth. It seemed like it was a pretty good contest. It was a really great contest. And, you know, the funny part about it, too, it was a fact that I learned the East for the first time in the entire history of that Shrine game won in Butte on Saturday. It's the first time East has ever oh. won in Butte. So, yeah, East comes away with a big victory. Um, Here's the deal, and it's kind of what you would expect with an all-star game, but West just took a little bit longer to get into motion. I mean, you talk about two, a couple big turnovers. I mean, uh, essentially the West didn't get the – they got the first touchdown off of a muff punt, and that's what really kind of – uh, hurt both teams. They hurt the East, but hurt the West a little bit more because I think they had uh, two muff punts in the first half. That's what really did them in. Um, because they had the defenses were great. The defenses were really good. The offenses really picked up in the second half, especially for the West. Uh, but Mitch Norlson, I mean, the overall t- team MVP or offensive MVP for the game uh, from Lewistown was just outstanding. And that was ultimately the difference. The West just did not have the passing game that the East did. Uh, you know, you, you, Ryan Ort, great athlete. I mean, he was a really fun quarterback to watch last season. Jaden McNeil did some really great things, but those were guys that were more dual threat and they weren't as polished as passers as Norlison was for the East. And so uh, that, I think, was the definitive factor because the West wasn't able to open up the, the back end of the East defense until the second half with McNeil and Ort because, I mean, the East knew what was coming. You have Preston Blaine, Blake Counts, and, 
and uh, Colton McPhee running the football. I know the West really did want to run the football, but the East stacked the box, and just because they didn't get the passing game going early, uh, that really put the West behind the eight ball on top of the turnovers that uh, were compiled on that as well. But the West did a great job in the second half, making it a 21-19 to game. I know, I know a lot of people are talking about the flop on social media. I'm sure you saw it as well. <laughs> yep. uh, but, uh, but a great game overall. East got the win. I give them all the, all the praise. They got the job done. They won the football game. Uh, but, again, a great all-star game and another game that I think really is paramount and that we keep because I know another storyline out of this East-West Shrine game is whether or not we're going to see some of our top football players play if they're going to UM or MSU or some of our other colleges, whether or not they're going to be withheld uh, because a couple weeks from now they start their own college football camp. That's an interesting point because now this day and age with the, the prevalence of summer school and the fact that both the both the Montana schools, both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies can use a little bit of aid in terms of scholarships to get their guys on campus early, get them into summer school. That sort of required training. I know that the almost the almost a hundred percent of both Montana and Montana State's rosters have been in Bozeman and Missoula, respectively, over the last couple of weeks. And freshmen, I know at Montana State reported on June twenty second. I think it was probably about a similar date for uh, the the kids here in Missoula at Montana, and. Uh, you're right. I think that there's some kids that if you're going to report early and you're going to be a part of summer workouts going into your freshman year and you're going to be training on that level and um, you're, you're already a part of the program, I think that that definitely deters kids from then wanting to go play a game in late July. But I do think that it's for such a good cause. It's a culmination of uh, everybody's high school careers. It has so much tradition behind it, so there, you'll be remembered for a long time if you have a big game in the Shrine game. So I think that all the, I agree with you. I think all those things are important, uh, and it's kind of a double edged sword because in the Mondak game and in, in the Badlands Bowl, the East West or the the, uh, the Montana versus North Dakota All Star game, Joe Olson, Montana State commit, who's signed with the Bobcats out of Bozeman High, he tore his ACL, and that's a big bummer, you know, for him. That's going to set him back going into his freshman year. You wonder, I mean, he's going to for sure redshirt, but you wonder maybe he even gray shirts to delay his eligibility. We'll see. But what, what's your stance on this, Anthony? Because you said you, you thought that this should continue on because it is for a good cause, and it is a fun event, and it is something that the, these kids will remember forever. So kind of elaborate on that. I mean, why do you think this is important, and how, why, how do you hope the future of All-Star Games plays out? Well, I think ultimately you got to look at this. Is it going to continue to be a trend? I don't think it's going to be an overwhelming trend. When you look at something that's similar, when you look at the bowl games for college football, you look at the Christian McCaffrey's, the Leonard Fournette's, yeah, they pulled out. Some of probably the bigger names, they might pull out, but you got still a lot of really talented football players that come into this game, and it's a good game. Uh, you know, again, not trying to disbar the, the Mondak game, but that's a blowout every time. Right. And so if I'm going to pick an all-star game to play in, it's probably the East-West Shrine game. It's Montana kids versus Montana kids. Uh, there's a lot of pride on both sides. I mean, the East was loud. The West was loud. I mean, I went to the banquet. The West was definitely overwhelming, uh, obviously, because they're in a Western city. But, you know, the East was still there making noise, too. Uh, I look at this game, and I think it's going to continue to grow. I think you're just going to see, you know, five, maybe six kids overall from both teams that are either, you know, expecting to be big players for Montana or Montana State. They may not play. But at the same time, you still have such a deep talent pool here in Montana that while those kids may not, that gives another kid that maybe was just on the fringe an opportunity, and they can make the most of it. 
You mentioned Lewis down quarterback, Mitch Norsley, and he threw three touchdowns using the game's overall MVP. Uh, Derek Simmons from Fairfield, he caught a pair of those touchdowns. Ryder Meyer from Fairfield as well. He's a future Grizz. He scored an eight-yard touchdown run in the second quarter and caught a 39-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter, which proved to be the deciding score. First of all, I want to ask you about Ryder Meyer. What did you think of the kid after seeing him up close and personal, and what do you think his prospects are as he now transitions and takes his talents to the Grizz? I mean, he he's an impressive athlete. That was the first time I ever got to see him. All I ever got to do was read about him. I mean, he's just right. an impressive athlete. I mean, there's the kid's got speed. The kid's got instinct. I mean, and he's not afraid to shy away from uh, uh, putting his head and putting his face mask in the pile. So, I mean, this is a good football player. Obviously, comes from a great family. Uh, his dad was the head coach uh, for the East team. So, again, I mean, he, this kid was just fun to watch and fun to watch for the East team and how they matched up against the West. And so, uh, you know, the West team had him bottled up a little bit early. Meyer was able to break free in the second and third quarters. Uh, you know, passing game helped as well. And uh, it was really just fun to watch him. I think he's got great prospects. I think the only thing that might hurt Meyer is he's on the, a little bit on the smaller side. And, again, you know, it's just that size. You know, you're talking about a lot of big kids. I mean, I don't know. Do they have – maybe besides Gabe Solcer, I don't know if Montana has anybody else under six feet. But either way, I mean, this kid is going to be a player. I mean, I don't know if he starts right away. Don't think so. But this kid's going to be special. And I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Saturdays for Grizz fans. Any other standouts? It was funny because coming into this game, almost all the future Bobcats and Grizzlies were playing for the West, so I thought that may, maybe meant that would be a decided favorite, but instead the East gets the win. Uh, on either side of this thing, anybody that you liked that you saw that may, maybe reemphasized an opinion you had on them or a new opinion, somebody you saw for the first time that was impressive? i got to go to Bobcats' uh, Alex Johnson. I mean, that kid just really, really does a great job. You know, again, he was a hitter, instinctful. Uh, some great plays, was all over the field for the West defense and really made some big plays for him. Uh, was a part of the first fumble that coughed up uh, on the first turnover where the West scored. Um, I, you know, so he was big in the fact that he was continuing to make plays. So Alex Johnson was a big one for me. Uh, Holden Sampson, uh, you know, talking, he, I tough to evaluate offensive linemen in a game. But from when I talked to all the West players uh, during the week and leading up to the game, all of them had great things to say about Holden Sampson as an offensive lineman. I know Cutler also had some positive things to say about Sampson as well. So the Cats are going to get a guy that's going to be playing offensive line for them uh, that's going to be a, a guy that I think starts. Obviously, I think he still needs probably a year into that nutrition program and weightlifting program, and then he can be uh, a guy that factors into a rotation. But, I mean, he was really impressive. I saw him you know, when they played flathead, of course. But those two guys from Helena really impressed me. And then I'm also going to lean back to you know Anthony Jones and Blake Counts from flathead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake had some powerful runs. I thought he had a big boy run uh, uh, <laughs> in the game as well, knocking over three East players as he got the uh, first down conversion on fourth down and two. But Blake, to me, uh, he really impressed me as well. But uh, the, those two guys, the, the Norlson kid from Lewistown, I actually didn't know a whole lot about him, but seeing him play and make the big plays and make the throws that he made uh, really was an, an impressive one to me. I know it's easy in a cop-out because he was also the MVP, so of course he was impressive. But as a guy I didn't know anything about, I just was, wow, okay. And he played a lot, and he played really well, and uh, he got the East team the W. Anthony Knockreiner joining us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line as we march through the second Montana football hour for 2019, presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula testament to the the kids you just talked about because i think holden sampson alex johnson as well as rylan ort uh and jace dewalt 
two Sentinel kids, two Helena kids were the captains in the in this game for the West, and I think that that's a testament to those kids and the program that they come from, and all four of those guys going on to play uh, football at the next level. Anthony, you mentioned a couple of the Flathead kids. I know you are the voice of the Flathead Braves, so you cover those guys up close and personal, uh, and you're more familiar with them than maybe anybody else. Uh, Anthony Jones, where's he going to school? He's going to be joining Coach Kyle Sampson at uh, Montana Tech, so he's going to be playing there. Um, and I, you know, with the East West Strong game, I mean, he made some great catches. I think he had five for 63 yards. Um, I mean, he was making some great plays, and he doesn't shy away from contact. I definitely hear him uh, talking on the field, just like wide receivers do. So uh, look, I really look forward to him and his career at Montana Tech. You know, uh, I think he's going to be fun to watch, and he's going to be a great football player for the Ore Diggers in the NAIA. Um, you know, would love to have seen him in a, in a Grizzly Cats uniform, but I could say the same for Blake Counts as well. But I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch over at Montana Tech. He's going to be a special player there. Flathead played for the state championship a year ago, and I think, what, five of those kids are going to go play at Montana Tech? Is that right? Uh, three of them are. And then Sebastian Cook, the offensive line, is going to play Carroll. And I think that's it at the moment. Okay, so four, uh, four guys four. go to the frontier. Okay. Uh, is is yeah. Sebastian Cook, is he the kid that was in the picture with the Flathead guys that was the offensive lineman, number 55? Yep, yep, yes, sir. That kid yep, has a great 55. frame. I was surprised. when I, I had not seen him in person. When I looked at that picture, I was thinking, man, that guy looks like a Division One offensive lineman. So it uh, looks like a lot of more a lot of more talent going to the Frontier Conference, as always. That seems to always be the case. Well, Anthony, I'll get you out of here on this. I want to ask you a little bit about your top 10 players in Class AA that you released a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's been an interesting list to follow, um, but take us through it. I mean, who are some of your top guys coming back in Class AA uh, from across the state of Montana? Well, I mean, you have to start with Kenneth Iden. I mean, the kid out of Bozeman. I mean, this guy's already taking unofficial visits to uh, South Dakota State, Iowa, Oregon State. I mean, I've seen the pictures. I follow him. I mean, he has just been an impressive athlete. He's got the frame. I mean, he had 21 sacks last year. Uh, that's impressive in itself. I mean, you got guys in the NFL that are doing that now, but you don't see many high school football players getting to the quarterback 21 times in a season and so he's just a really impressive dude he's going to be a junior this season he's going to be back i mean from all the things that i'm hearing when i talked to coach Weshi a couple weeks ago this guy has the same potential as will disley who's now playing for the seattle seahawks who was the washington product i mean that's the type of kid this kid is and so i saw his verified combine numbers they were impressive as well i think he won the l drill over there with Dean Fletcher's The Pit. Uh, so he's my number one guy just because he can do so many things. He can run the football, he can catch the football, and he can tackle the quarterback, get after the running back as well, and cause havoc on any given offensive line. Now you also look at Tommy Malott. He was my number two player. Tommy just obviously, as we know, committed to the Bobcats. And so, I mean, he ran a 4.64. And I was actually surprised by this because if you look at the verified combine numbers, he's tied, I believe it's with Wandell from Park, he had a 4.64. He's fast. I mean, I knew this kid who has speed, but to be the number one guy, he beat out uh, Chance Sheldon Allen out here who ran the 100, beat him by a hundredth of a second. And so a lot with that speed, he won also a couple other drills. He graded out as the best player. He had a five points better. He was a 90 overall from the pit uh, verified combine. So Tom Malott is, is going to be a player. He's got a great arm. I mean, he almost he almost had a, a total of over 4,000 yards, nearly rushing for 1,000 and throwing for over 3,000 a season ago, and he's the reason why a lot of people are talking about Butte as a potential favorite in the Western AA Conference this year. So, I mean, he's a big-time guy. And then you look at McKay O'Reilly, 
O'Reilly, I mean, I would not want to tackle that guy. Uh, he's big. He's got a huge frame. He's fast. I mean, he's a great linebacker. But on top of that, I mean, he can play running back. Um, maybe he doesn't have that, you know, that burn you speed. Like, he'll just take it, you know, to the house. He doesn't quite have that gear. He can still take it to the house. He just doesn't have that impressive, like, he'll run by everybody and increase the distance. But at the same time, that guy is just going to make you pay if you let him across the line of scrimmage. I mean, the only way you can really stop him is if you don't let him pass the line of scrimmage. You have to tackle that man in the backfield. Otherwise, he's getting five yards every single time. I know one other guy that popped up on your list was Raleigh Wooster, and that's a guy that uh, everybody around Missoula is definitely wondering about because he was a guy that committed to the Grizz basketball team as a sophomore at Missoula Hellgate. At that time, Missoula Hellgate did not have football. They were still bringing the program back to a varsity level. And then a, a year ago, Raleigh Wooster led Hellgate to a couple different wins, and he was in studio with us, and he said, hey, you know, we've, we've played in the state tournament and basketball multiple times, played for the state championship, including that they did play for the state championship a year ago, uh, losing to Bozeman High on a buzzer beater, Missoula Hellgate did. But he said the biggest thrill of my sports career was leading Hellgate to a win to snap a years-long losing streak. You've seen Raleigh play uh, both football and basketball. What, are, what do you think he's a better prospect in? I think he's a better better basketball player. I mean, there's nobody that can really stop Raleigh. I mean, every time I've called games for him, the kids averaged double digits. And Raleigh's just got a sweet game to it. He can shoot from the outside. He's got the body to go inside. I mean, I think he's a better basketball prospect. Uh, but, again, he's also a great football player. The kids, I don't see him as a college quarterback, uh, but he's so dynamic that he needs to be at the best, the most important position on offense. And that for Hellgate is the quarterback position because he can run the football, he can throw the football, he can take hits if he needs to as well. And he plays defense and tackles. I think he was either close to 100, if not more, tackles last season for the Knights. I think I think he could probably be a college football player if he wants to be. But I think he's a better basketball player. I mean, the kid, he's just he's really tough to stop. Only anybody has been able to really stop Raleigh Worcester, except maybe Raleigh Worcester. So I mean, that guy is just a talent in himself. I think he can play either one if he wants to, but uh, yeah, he's going to be a, he's going to be a really good football player this upcoming upcoming season, and I think he's going to be a factor into whether or not Hellgate uh, wins four or five games and maybe gets into the mix. Could possibly be an upset team by the end of the year uh, for Hellgate because every team makes the playoffs, so you know there's always that possibility of an upset, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Raleigh Worcester not only leads them ending a, a year you mentioned a years long losing streak uh, to maybe getting their first playoff win this season. He is Anthony Knockaround, the host of the Knock On Sports, KGEZ and Calspell, 600 AM or 96.5 FM on 6 to 8 PM. Does a great job covering high school sports, college sports, and everything else around the state of Montana. So go check him out if you're not in the Calspell area or one of our statewide listeners. He always podcasts his show, too, so you can get him at the Knock On Sports on Twitter, and he always posts all his podcasts there as well. Anthony, you're the man. Thanks for the update. Appreciate you joining us. Colter, always a pleasure to talk, talk sports with you, man. Looking forward to doing it again soon. I appreciate it. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula. Lithia Ford wants to thank everybody from coming out to the Ford Ranger launch party. So many wonderful people came out. Look for more launch parties from the new Escape and Explorer in coming months. Just announced that Lithia Ford in Missoula is the Hurry Up and Save sales event. Customers can enjoy 20% estimated savings on America's best-selling pickup, the Ford F-150. They can also choose to receive 0% financing for 72 months on the 2009 Ford F-150 for well-qualified buyers. Additionally, these savings are available on the 2019 Escape Edge and Expedition. Lithia Ford across from Walmart on 93 in Missoula. The Montana Football Hour marches on.
We're going to talk some Dante Olson on the Butkus and Buck Buchanan list. We're going to hear from Jeff Cho, and we're going to talk about a couple different number traditions and a controversy as well. Two Tell Nuanas, 129 ESPN Missoula. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. The Queens of the Stone Age rocking us back in. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Coulter Nuanas in studio. Ryan Tutel, he's out for the day. Long weekend up at the lake, hanging out with his buds and his family. So hopefully he's enjoying himself. I hope he's floating in the middle of the lake on a noodle, soaking up the sun, having a great time. I'm going to have to take some vacation one of these days. Ryan's left behind dry a lot lately. I miss him. As always, broadcasting to you from the Kurtz Polaris studios. And remember, July is Kurtz Polaris' 30th birthday. Really, 30 years, and they're celebrating this month by offering 30%. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna, and Beta dirt bikes, or any pontoon boat. Some restrictions may apply. Seats Kurtz Polaris for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month long for Kurt's 30th anniversary sale. If you want to find us on Twitter, at Gus Dutel, eh, he's not here right now, but shoot, you should still go check him out on Twitter. Entertainment, good retweets, all the good things. If you want to find us, uh, the station handle, at 1029 ESPN. There you can find details on what's going on on the show each day, the various giveaways that we got going on, and a variety of other things, including our remote broadcast. Remember, we're doing a series of eight more remotes. Last week, we kicked off this series at, down at KDO Keefe's, broadcasting two tell Nuanas every Thursday for the next eight weeks across Missoula. This week, we're going to be at Fuddruckers from 4 to 6 p.m. So come on down, have yourself a burger. All these remotes presented to you by Windermere Brothers Hefeweizen. Windermere Brothers Brewing, rather, but Windermere Brothers Hefeweizen is the beer that they are the experts on. It's the original American craft Hefeweizen it's one of the first craft beers in America and a, a beer that definitely changed the game. And Wimber Brothers Brewing has been kind enough to give us 18 total tickets, nine pairs of tickets. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets at each of the remote broadcasts across Missoula when Montana takes on the Oregon Ducks, September 14th in Eugene, Oregon. So come hang out with us. It was fun last week, and I'm sure this is going to build some momentum. We want each and every one of you to come out. And remember, the first $100 worth of Windmere Brothers beer 
is on us. We got you covered. Widmer's, Widmer's got you covered, in fact. and We were drinking some of the Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen cans. I guess the patrons were drinking some of the Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen cans last week, and it was a fun little deal down at KDO Keith. So come check us out at Fuddruckers out there on North Reserve this week. And then remember, the only non-Thursday event we have is going to be Wednesday, July 31st at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We're going to do a Wing It Wednesday live for the first time. We've been giving away a dozen wings once an hour every Wednesday since I started doing this show. And I, they've been The Desperado's been with us at ESPN Missoula since we first launched this thing uh, almost five years ago. They're one of our great friends of this show, and we'll, so we'll be broadcasting from there on July 31st. So that'll be fun, too. Maybe you can come win some wings and eat them right there while watching Tutel Nuanas live. So these remotes will be great, and we need all you guys to come out. You can register around town, various locations. Go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. If you want a list of all the participating establishments, all you got to do is put your name in the box. We draw for tickets at the remote broadcast. And if you're the winner, we're sending you two tickets to the Montana Oregon football game in Eugene, Oregon, September 14th at one of the iconic stadiums in all of college football, odds, and stadiums. So be sure to stay tuned for all the details about all of that. Before we get to Jeff Choate, Montana State head football coach, got to talk about Dante Olson. The accolades continue to pile up for Dante Olson, as they always do. He is certainly going to be a consensus uh, All-American like he was a year ago. He is already been named the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year in the preseason. And today, unsurprisingly, after being a finalist, one of the top three uh, vote-getters in the Buck Buchanan Award, which is given out to the top defensive football player in the football championship subdivision, Olsen was named to the Buck Buchanan watch list earlier today. That in itself, not necessarily surprising. Actually, it's not surprising at all. It's it's straight up exactly what everybody expected. And Olsen should be a favorite for one of uh, it should be a favorite for that award, no doubt. The other one, though, that is even more prestigious because this is on a, an absolute national level. Dante Olson, Montana senior linebacker, onto the Buckus Award watch list as well. This is the 35th annual Buckus Award, which is given to the nation's top Division One linebacker. Olson, the only FCS player to make the list. He's only the second player in Montana history, although he is the second player in as many years to be named to the prestigious list. If you remember correctly, Josh Buss was named last year. Devin White from Louisiana State, LSU for uh, us laymans. He was the Buckus Award winner last season before being selected fifth overall in the NFL draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of the great combines of all time by Devin White, and he's a guy that I expect to make a huge impact for the Bucs day one. But to be in that company, pretty darn cool. Since 1984, the Buckus Foundation and its 51-person selection panel have honored the nation's best... 51 best linebackers at the professional college and high school levels. The 51, it mirrors the legendary number 51 that was worn by Dick Buckus, who was recognized by NFL Films as the best defensive player in football history, one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. The Collegiate Buckus Award watch list includes candidates from 39 different universities, including returning finalist Dylan Moses of Alabama, who won the 2016 High School Buckus Award, and returning semifinalist Marcus Bailey. Olsen, just to be on this list, a great honor, but he deserves it because he's coming off of one of the most productive seasons in the history of both Montana and Big Sky Conference football. He had a school record and FCS best, 151 total tackles 
he wasn't just a tackling machine, though. He, he did a lot more than that. So very impressive on Dante Olsen's part last season and huge expectations coming into this season. But if there's anybody that can handle it, I think it's Dante Olsen. You know what we're going to do here? I, I want to share this interview with Jeff Choate, but I want to talk about a couple other things first. So we're going to do Jeff Choate next segment. Stick it right here, though, because we do have a couple other things to briefly talk about when it comes to Montana State football. Ryan Tutel and I were at the Big Sky Conference kickoff uh, a little over a week ago in Spokane, big media conference where you get to mingle and interview with all the head coaches in the Big Sky Conference as well as a pair of players from each Big Sky Conference school. Pretty hard to get in uh, FaceTime with all 39 interview subjects during the, the three-hour allotted period. It's an hour and a half for the coaches, hour and a half for the players. Gets a little hectic, a little sporadic, but we did. We were able to catch up with almost everybody, especially all the contenders, both players and coaches. Uh, like we talked about last week coming out of that Big Sky Conference kickoff, I think it's a pretty cut-and-dry tiered league. I think that it's Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, Weber State, and UC Davis, not necessarily in that order. I actually voted it Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Montana State, Weber State, Montana. That's the order I voted it in, but I think that that top five is in flux, but I do think those are the five teams that will be in the playoff mix. And if things go according to plan, everybody takes care of business, I expect at least four of those five teams, and maybe all five. Just It just depends on the record that the Cats and the Grizz have going into Cat Grizz. But if they can both be sitting there at 7-4 and four or 8-3, and three, I think that then not only the winner of that game, but maybe both teams get in. Uh, but at the very least, I think that the winner of that game will get to the eight-win mark and get in. Remember, it is a 12-game season that happens once every five years in the FCS. So there is an extra game. So the magic number has been forever uh, kind of that 7-4 and four mark. But we have seen a couple Missouri Valley teams get in at 6-5 and five the last couple of years. But that has not happened yet for a Big Sky team. But this year I think it's going to be one up. I think you're going to have to be 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four to get one of those at-large bids into the playoffs. The Big Sky just gets the one automatic bid. Uh, but coming out of that Big Sky kickoff, a couple announcements, including couple that have to do with jersey numbers and this is sort of interesting sam herder from hero sports who we had on the espn roundtable last week he's doing a great job covering the fcs on a national level uh and he's done a countdown from 99 through one naming the best player at each number from the fcs and there's been a couple montana guys that have made the list uh so far both from montana montana state kevin cassis was number 85 uh, from montana state and then this last week number 37 was Bryce Sturk, Montana State defensive end. And I think Bryce Sturk probably is the best player in the country that wears number 37. But it's been a controversial decision just because of the nerve that it struck with Grizz fans because, as we know, number 37 is the hallowed jersey for the Montana Grizzlies, a jersey that's been passed down from player to player for uh, more than a generation, about 30 years uh, since this since Kurt Paulson first passed it on. But great players like Tim Houck and Jason Krebo and... Uh, C.J. Pitcher, Lauren Utterback, Jordy Tripp, Zach Wagaman, uh, and, and a lineage of others have worn this jersey. And you know, now Jesse Sims wears the jersey. And I've heard all sorts of arguments about how it's tough to say that Sturk is better than Sims. Uh, just from a completely objective perspective, I think that Sturk uh, is, quite frankly, I think he's just a better athlete. I think he's a better pass rusher. I think he makes way more plays. And I think that, uh, you know, a pundit or uh, I guess uh, – Somebody that objects that opinion would say, well, Jesse Sims has been playing out of position uh, for most of his career as a Grizzly. I totally agree with that. I think that Sims is a natural, strong defensive end. 
Instead, he's been playing D-tackle. He's had to play in multiple different schemes, including a scheme under Jason Seymour, uh, former Montana defensive coordinator, where the responsibilities to make plays were almost non-existent for the inside guys. It was basically just get upfield, cause havoc, take up blockers, get your guy out, create gaps, let the linebackers run. The linebackers are going to bring a ton of pressure, and that's what they did under Seymour. I think that was why it was sort of a feast or famine defense. And then last year, Montana's running a lot of other unorthodox stuff, and Sims had to play out of position quite a bit too in an odd man front. If Montana can get some elevator production from some of its younger guys like Alex Goodner or Eli Alford or Braden Deming, I think that Sims could bump out to the edge, and I think that could really give him an advantage in terms of playing the proper position. And in turn, his playmaking would probably go up. All that said, Sterk made more splash plays and had more tackles for loss and more sacks than Sims has in his whole career last year in his first year as a starter. I think that anybody that's watched Bryce Sterk, they know the kind of athlete he is. I mean, he, he really is just bigger and faster than almost everybody in the league at his position. He's six foot five, two 255 pounds. And he's an animal. I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous athlete, and he looks like an FBS dropdown. That's what they look like. And uh, I think that, honestly, I think that Bryce Sturck got robbed last year. I thought he should have been a first-team All-League guy. Led the Big Sky Conference in sacks and tackles for loss. Got second-team All-League. Uh, I thought that he deserved first-team All-League over a couple of the edge guys that got it over him. Particularly, uh, I, don't, I didn't think Weber State deserved two guys. I didn't think Keenan Williams from Eastern Washington deserved to be on the first team. I thought that Bryce Sturck deserved to be up there on the first team. And so, you know, I know that there's always going to be the Kakaris rivalry and people are always going to holler back and forth at, at each other over this kind of stuff, which I do find uh, entertaining, no doubt. Uh, but just coming from somebody that's covered and watched both guys, and I think both these kids are great kids. I think they're tremendously hard workers. I think that they're great for their respective programs. I mean, Jesse Sims couldn't work harder, and he couldn't be a nicer kid. He's a kid that I've covered since he was in high school, uh, and he's he's earned the chance to wear number 37, and he's earned the chance to be a standout guy, and I hope he gets that chance to play in a position that he deserves. All that said, and this is not a slight to him because I do think he's a really good player, Bryce Sturck is an elite player in the Big Sky Conference and an elite player on the FCS level. I think he's one of the most talented guys in the league. I think he's one of the most talented guys in the country, and I think that with him playing up and down the line, Montana State expects him to play some strong end, some buck end, maybe even some three-tech on the inside. I think he has a chance to have a gigantic senior year. I think he's going to land on some NFL radars as well. So we'll see how this all plays out. But I know there's a lot of people in Western Montana uh, and a lot of Grizz fans around the state that are hollering, saying, hey, our number 37 is better than your number 37. And it's an interesting jab that Montana State was able to make by making Bryce Sturck number 37. Make no mistake about it, that was intentional. Last year on Media Day, Bryce Sturck posed for his individual picture, holding the board that said, the real number 37. So this is not just a coincidence. It's not just that they threw the Washington transfer in a hallowed jersey of the rival. It's tactful, but this was just something that really disturbed the pot, and I thought it was interesting. And again, I think both these guys are great players that work really hard, but I think Bryce Sturck is just an elite player. I think Sam Herter got that one right. Hey, it's the Montana Football Hour. Ryan Tutel is out. Coulter Nuana is guiding you through the second Montana Football Hour of the year. We're going to continue to talk Montana State football. We did a ton on Montana and the Big Sky Conference last week. Right after this, we're going to hear from Jeff Choate. We're also going to talk about another number controversy, this one, about Montana State's new number that is going to be um, sort of their legacy number that gets passed on, number 41. So we'll get into that, and we'll hear from Jeff Choate. Tutel Nuana is 1029 ESPN Missoula.
Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County. More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. so jealous if you knew we were listening to Royal Blood on the show right now. I've been lobbying for this forever. Ryan Tutel, he's floating on a noodle somewhere in the middle of Flathead Lake. Coulter Nuana is guiding you through your Monday. And as always, for the rest of 2019, your Monday will be the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford in Missoula. Broadcasting that Montana Football Hour right now from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. And remember, July is Kurtz Polaris' 30th birthday. Really, that's right. 30 years, and they're celebrating by offering 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of new Polaris off-road vehicles, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bikes, or any pontoon boat. Some restrictions may apply. See Kurtz Polaris for details. Get into Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month long for the Kurtz 30th anniversary sale. We're running short on time here in this first hour, so we're going to get right to it. For the Big Sky kickoff, we interviewed an array of coaches from around the Big Sky Conference. We've shared Bobby Houck from Montana with you. We've shared Jay Hill from Weber State with you. And now it's time to share Jeff Choate from Montana State. The Bobcats picked to finish fourth in the preseason poll by the media. I picked them to finish third. I think that if they can figure out their quarterback situation, they have a legitimate shot at the Big Sky title. I also think they have a schedule that caters well uh, to having some success because they do not play Eastern Washington. They do not play Weaver State. And uh, they have a good non-conference schedule, including playing SEMO, who was a playoff team last year, Southeast Missouri. Uh, but they don't have the powerhouse non-conference that they've had the last couple of years. They do play Texas Tech in the opener. That could be a tone setter. I don't expect them to go to Lubbock and win that game, but I am just interested to see how whoever wins the quarterback spot reacts to playing you know, in a Big 12 stadium. That'll be a test, uh, no doubt. But Montana State, I think, is stacked on defense. I think they have elite players at all three levels. I think they have a chance to have the best defensive line in the league again. That was the case a year ago. And I think they could be uh, as talented, if not more talented. And hard to say they could be better because last year they had such great toughness and leadership out of guys like Tyrone Fahanono and Zach Wright and Tucker Yates. But I think that if Chase Benson can take the next step on the inside, if Derek Marks can contribute at a high level playing three-tech, also on the inside, if Bryce Sturt can move up and down the line, specifically playing strong end, but also splice in at Buck. If Jason Scrimpos, the Washington transfer, can contribute on the interior, 
Uh, and on the outside, if Mar- Armandre Williams is as advertised and-, and can make an impact at the buck end, I think that D-line has a chance to be really elite. The linebackers, I'm interested to see how some of the young guys do. I know that uh, Callahan O'Reilly, Michael Job, and kind of have the inside track coming out of spring as the inside linebacker spots, but I'm interested to see how true freshman Jahari Martin fil- fits into the mix. Also interested to see if Nolan Askelson, former Class AA Defensive Player of the Year from Billings Senior, if he can crack the rotation. And an outside linebacker, I mean, Troy Anderson, if he really is a full-time guy there, he's going to be a menace coming off the edge. He's going to have to learn the nuances of the position. Uh, He's going to have to learn a lot of different things playing that Sam spot for the first time at the college level. But, as we know, one of the most talented athletes in the Big Sky Conference. And then you look at the secondary I think they have the best man press corner in the Big Sky Conference outside of Jalen Russell from Southern Utah and Greg Munchie Filer, who's going to be a senior. He was a playmaker, especially after he figured out their defense down the stretch. And I think they have the best pair of safeties in the league in Braden Conkle, who I think is the best pure strong safety in the league, and Jack Way Allen, who's the best playmaking free safety in the league. And if you have an elite pair of safeties, that really gives you a chance. I also think the Cats have a chance to have one of the top offensive lines in the league, if not the best offensive line in the league. I think it's kind of between them, Eastern Washington, and maybe Weaver State. Uh, but if you have a great offensive line, that gives you a chance too. All that said, they have to figure out the quarterback situation, and that's obviously going to be a main talking point pretty much every single day until the opener and every single day until they figure it out. Here's Jeff Choate on a lot of that stuff, including the quarterback battle. Jeff Choate from the Big Sky kickoff a couple weeks back. Uh, last couple years of this thing we've talked about, maybe the you guys trying to fight for some respect, and now it seems like you're getting a little bit more, got some guys on the all-league team, picked a little bit higher in the polls. Does that change the difference in the way you guys approach this season? Uh, not, absolutely not. I mean, I, you know, if they, if they played the game, if we were playing for a conference championship right here, yeah, it would matter. But, you know, clearly that's not the case. And so I... I appreciate the fact that maybe we are getting a little bit more recognition, mostly for our players. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the team rankings are, I mean, I don't know when the last time a guy that was picked, a team that was picked to win the conference actually won it, but it's, it's you don't necessarily want to be picked to win the conference. Right. And so, uh, that, not that that has any bearing on what takes place. I mean, usually there's a lot of other factors, but I think that it, what, it, what is rewarding is that at least now some of the guys that I feel like are deserving of some recognition or getting some preseason, which, again, doesn't mean anything except for that it does set these kids up for maybe some postseason honors, and not just for the league, but even getting on some All-American teams and getting on some watch lists and things of that nature. Beyond the recognition or the you know that kind of stuff, but you do come into this, I think, for you, yourself, and for the team with expectations, and you have expectations every year, but this year, I think maybe some, some, some pretty high goals on things that you'd like to achieve. Is that different from years past in terms of the level that your program has now attained to and the group that you have? Yeah, I think I've tried to be really realistic with our guys. You know, I mean, I didn't stand in front of them year one going, hey, we're going to put national championship on the top of the pyramid because I didn't think that was I didn't think that was realistic. And year two, probably not as much. Yeah, last year we talked about, hey, we're making the postseason. Let's make that a priority for us. And, and then this year, yeah, clearly we've got to take the next step. And um, one of the things that I think is interesting is so much of it's going to hinge on this quarterback thing that, uh, that we're all going to be paying attention to, myself with, as much as anybody else. But um, we know how to win no matter who we put back there. And I think that's one of the things our guys have some confidence in is that, you know, I think our staff maybe hasn't got enough credit for, you know, for us to be able to do what we did last really progressively with basically a, a revolving door at quarterback. You don't see that. You need that stability. The best teams in the league are going to be the ones that have those returns. You know, you look at Case Cook is coming back and you're like, that guy's been doing it for six years. And when he walks in the huddle, there's no question he's the leader of that Northern Arizona offense. And, you know, the Meyer kid at UC Davis, I mean, you know, that guy's clearly the dude. And no matter who walks into our huddle, Mitch Brad will say, run behind me. 
and I think that's a unique thing that we do have going for us, regardless of how the quarterback thinks. One, one thing we talked about last year was that the group of seniors from last year, they seemed to really buy into everything you were trying to make the program about, not just football-wise, but you know, the whole picture. With those guys moving on, what do you spe- expect the identity of this senior class to be? And, and is it different? Well, it is to a certain degree because, you know, the, the one thing that's kind of neat is this is a group of guys that this was, most of them were true freshmen that played our first year. And, you know, there's only, I think, six guys that were redshirt freshmen that were true freshmen or uh, that were redshirt freshmen my first year in the program. Right. Mitch Brott, Josh Hill, Walker Cozy, uh, Marcus Ferreter. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's not very many. Yeah. So most of the guys that are make up this senior class are guys that we recruited that have been in kind of in the culture and indoctrinated into it over a period of time. And so it's been fun to watch them uh, kind of put their stamp on things. Uh, you know, we had some really good leaders last year. Uh, but I think we've got some really strong leaders this year, too. Um, and I think Mitch Brott's really grown into that role. Kevin Cassis, a two-time captain. Troy Anderson, you know, quiet, but everybody's going to listen when he says something. Uh, Travis Johnson, who's kind of a guy that's an interesting guy. But the, the leadership, you know, Jacques Allen's a leader. Greg Filer's a leader. We've got guys that all over the place. I mean, Josh Hill's not a captain. But trust me, when Josh Hill says something, everybody listens. You know, any guy that can miss an entire season, show up and be the best player on our defense against North Dakota State, that's kind of an impressive deal. And so um, we've got good depth, not just in, in terms of the positional part of it, but even in the leadership aspect. When you first took over, I know that you you weren't shy about talking about some of the maybe talent deficits that you thought you had. It seems like you filled in a lot of those places. How much does that? How much confidence does that give you guys as a staff just when it comes to game planning and executing? Well, you're going to need the depth, obviously. I mean, one of the most critical things that I think all the coaches here would say is a, you know, what what is a key to our success this season. Well, probably staying healthy is going to be one of those top things that they talk about, and so. Um, I just think it's 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 a process. One of the things I had to learn was how to manage the roster. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you make sure that you got your full allotment of 63 on 85 and to get to your maximum? And that took some work. And it was a little bit, you know, such a moving part at our level that I wasn't used to because it was all headcount. It wasn't equivalency at the FBS level. And so you got some other moving parts. So it took me a minute to kind of get that thing figured out. And I think we've got it dialed in pretty good. Uh, and I think that helps us with depth. But we've really... Put a premium on the offensive and defensive lines. Just take as many bodies as you can there and figure it out. And uh, and in the secondary is another area that I think we've got to oversign almost in. And so now we really the D-line and the secondary were the most talent deficient areas on our roster when I took over. And I feel like right now today those are probably two of the most experienced deep positions that we have. The, the Lions is an interesting point because when I first started covering this league, everybody was trying to go so wide open, and now it seemed like there's become a reprioritization of the Lions. Even when you look at a team like Eastern that throws the ball a lot, now they're running it more. They got, I mean, they've always had good line play, but it seems like with you know Jay Hill at Weber, you guys, you know Montana's trying to get back to that. But how? I mean, it's obviously a ten and no football. But how, what do you think of just the evolution of the Big Sky kind of going back to more of a traditional physical style of football? I think it's you look around and you see what's working, right? And I, I really actually think it's more of a trickle-down effect from the North Dakota states of the world than it is even from within our own league because I think everybody's looking at, okay, if we're if we're really good in the big sky, that's awesome, and we can put up some big numbers, but can we beat a North Dakota state, a South Dakota state, et cetera? And so I think that's um, that, that movement has come this direction, and, and certainly uh, now with the success that Weaver's had, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely in the forefront of everybody's mind. You haven't broken camp yet, of course, but 
when you are preparing week one to go to Lubbock, Texas, does that does that add an element to the entire month of August as opposed to whether, you know, if you were open with like a D2 school or something along those lines where you can point to, hey, we got to get ready because Texas Tech is coming. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a, maybe a little bit more of a heightened sense of urgency, uh, but we can't allow that to affect our long-term preparation 12-game season. And, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, Kent Hasman yesterday was given a, the committee report talking about, you know, how do you get selected? You know, because the ultimate deal for us is to make sure that we get into the tournament, right? And like you said, he goes, hey, we're playing, the big guys collectively playing 21 buy games, 21 money games, right? Playing up. But none of those count towards anything for the playoffs. They're only playing 17 interconference games. Those are hugely important for our league. Uh, when you look at Eastern opening up against uh, or, or playing Jacksonville State early, we have SEMO, an OBC champion, Western Illinois. Those are the games that are really going to be impactful. And so uh, no, there's no... We're going to have their attention. I mean, those guys know. They, they, they understand it's a Power 5 team, and we're going to their place, and it's going to be a different environment. Um, but I think that as coaches, what we've got to do is make sure that we keep the big picture in mind. FBS games are reality for Big Sky teams, but this year there's some tremendous FBS games. I mean, you guys are playing a Big 12. I think Florida State's playing Arkansas. you got Idaho going to Penn State. So what do you think of just the caliber of opponents that some of these Big Sky teams are playing? Yeah, it's an interesting animal this year. I don't, I don't think anybody would uh, would be like, yeah, let's go do this every year. Um, the 12-game season makes it a little bit unique because, generally speaking, a lot of teams are going to have a, at least one on the schedule, and the 12-game season gives you the opportunity to get two, and that can really you know, there's certain programs where that's going to make or break the, their ability to, to continue to fund the things the way they want to and so um, I think that's it's a, definitely a financial reality at this level but uh, it's a little scary I mean I'm, you know I feel like both Montana and Montana State we're fortunate we got to play play our share of, uh, of, of uh, FBS opponents but I wouldn't want to have to play two in a year that's going to be hard for some of these guys uh, you brought in some guys to your coaching staff that I know you're excited about and especially some, some guys that are all time Bobcat types of guys but it's still changed on the staff, what what is it taking for you to to maintain sort of the direction that you want this program to go with that with that turnover? Yeah, well, I've been I think hopefully I've been pretty calculated about who I brought in, and you know, for example, Nate Potter at tight ends, he understands what we're trying to do. Uh, he, you know, he's uh, definitely indoctrinated into a very similar culture as a Boise guy, and having Matt and Byron there to kind of get him going on. Hey, this is same as same as different. Here's how Coach Choate does it. This is kind of what it is. Boom, we're rolling. So he's a super smart guy. No issues there. Obviously, Kane uh, was was with us year one. Went to a program very similar to ours. Came back. So that hasn't that's been pretty sim- seamless. Uh, and then Bobby and Eric Frazier are the two guys that are kind of coming from the outside. And what I think that's important because I'm getting new ideas. You know, oh, this is how we did it at Western. This is how we did it at Northwestern when I was there. This is how we did it at Idaho. Here's maybe a different idea in recruiting, a different idea in travel. And so I think it's been a great mix to have guys that are really familiar with what we're doing and then bring some guys in that can give some fresh ideas. And the energy is awesome, too. Those guys are all so excited about getting the fall. I mean, I've got to kick them out of the office half the time. So it's been really fun to see um, kind of how this new staff has, has, has gelled and mixed together. Last question, the fact that you guys do have so much coming back, but you are going to have this quarterback battle that everybody's going to have their eyes on. How do you expect fall camp to go, and do you expect the quarterback battle to be separate from the rest of the team, or how do you operate camp at an official level when you do have a quarterback battle going on? Yeah, well, you know, the good news is, as you said, we've got enough depth now. One of the things that we started doing last year, for example, is we two-spotted everything in fall camp. So we'd have our ones and twos on one field and our threes and fours on the other. So we really start to kind of get some of our young guys more reps, and uh, and we really get to put our, our spot 
spotlight on the two guys that are going to be competing, right? So it's not like, hey, Casey, you're in, but you're with the 3-0 line right now. It's like, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's apples to apples. And that's what we've got to do is give those guys an opportunity to be out there with the same group of guys, evaluate it. How does the team respond to their leadership, regardless of whether they throw a pick or a touchdown, and, uh, and then just see how they move the ball. And uh, it's going to be interesting because I think it's going to be some great competition on both sides. And uh, the offensive and the defensive lines will set the tone for a lot of it. There you go, Jeff Chope, Montana State fourth-year head coach. Hey, we're up against it. The Montana Football Hour winding down. We're going to keep talking college football with Jason Alvin, the voice of the Montana State Bobcats. But don't worry, it's not all Bobcat coverage. We're going to talk broadly about the Big Sky Conference as well. I know a lot of you guys out there love the cat coverage. I know a lot of you Grizz people here in Missoula maybe don't want to hear some of this stuff, but I know you want to hear it. I know you do because knowing your enemy is a great thing. And the Big Sky Conference with the Cats and the Grizz, if they're both great, it's the best thing for the league. The Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford Missoula. Lithia Ford wants to thank everybody for coming out to the Ford Ranger launch party. So many wonderful people came out looking look out for more launch parties for the new Escape and Explorer in coming months. Just announced that Lithia Ford Missoula is the hurry up and save sales event. Customers can enjoy 20% estimated savings on America's best-selling pickup, the F-150. They can also choose to receive 0% financing for 72 months on the 2019 Ford F-150 for well-qualified buyers. Additionally, these savings are available on the 2019 Escape, Edge, and Expedition. Go to Lithia Ford across from Walmart on 93 in Missoula, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford. Jason Alvin, voice of the Bobcats, breaking down the Big Sky Conference next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 